Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 14. Look at the flowers! It's over! But we are just getting started, taking a look for ourselves here on the Walking Dead podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler, the, the severed head in a bag that Jessica Lee has been carrying around. Uh, just kind of weird that you're just lugging my, my talking head all over the place. Well, you still have some lessons to teach me, Josh, and I, I want to make sure I get all of them before I peel your face off and wear it as my face. I appreciate you taking at least my severed head out of New York City with you. Uh, that was a very kind gesture on your part. Uh, really good looking out. Yeah, well, I, I know that severed heads can spread zombie virus, but I think jury's still out on coronavirus. Yeah, so you've got me on lockdown, though, either way. I feel like uh, it's it, you're, not, you're not like forcing anybody to like get really close to me to whisper any secrets to them. Uh, so it seems like uh, everybody's going to be pretty safe with the way this is going right now. Yeah. Uh, can I ask a question about that? Of course. <laughs> yeah, because that was so crazy. Yeah, so <laughs> point of clarification. <laughs> so... Alpha takes a big bite out of that dude's face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what happens to that piece of face? Uh, Is she going to chew it? And then is it just going to fall out the bottom of her neck? Yeah, I would expect so. Right. Like whatever doesn't get like gnashed up and stuck in the teeth uh, is probably going to get caught in the throat zone, uh, which is a a section of the the podcast that doesn't exist, thankfully, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) where we just do like ENT, uh, (laughs) just do like ENT talk for uh, for 20 minutes. Uh, So I think it's probably going to like either fall out or if that spike was really sturdy and there wasn't a lot of room for it to fall, maybe it would just start getting clogged. And eventually it's just like a mouthful of cheek. Right. Like she just eventually has so much cheek in the mouth that it's either all going to like drip out the front or, you know, it's going to just be stuck in there. You like, know, just keep trying to shove cheek in there and it just uh-huh. like after a certain point, it just overflows. That's a right. mouthful well, of cheek was my favorite one hit wonder of the 1990s. It was a good one. Well, let's turn the other cheek and talk about what's going on here and look at the flowers Episode 14 of The Walking Dead Season 10, the anti-penultimate episode of The Walking Dead Season 10. But, Jess, as it turns out, it's like almost kind of sort of secretly the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead Season 10. There's been some news since last we podcasted. Uh, The season finale of The Walking Dead Season 10 has been delayed. Yeah, this is this is disappointing, but apparently they're having trouble finishing post-production remotely. So they're going to call episode 15 the finale and then drop episode 16 sometime this summer hopefully yeah i think the the word is so there's there's one more episode after this that's going to air next sunday as planned on april 5th uh, it's an episode called the tower uh, we can speculate what that might mean uh was all of this uh we've been going towards the dark tower and there's some sort of sad loop that's going on here uh, TBD on all of that. Uh, but that's off in the distance. And then there is a season 10 finale uh, that will air as a special at some point later in the year. That seems to be the plan. Of course, we've also mentioned that The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, the spinoff show, the third show, uh, which was going to debut on April 12th, um, has also been delayed uh, for similar post-production reasons. So uh, certainly our hearts go out to the whole Walking Dead team who are uh, certainly working hard to make this stuff come out. And, you know, tragically, just with uh, the way everything's going, clearly uh, their their setup is not allowing for them to, to finish on time. Uh, so hopefully before too terribly long, 
we'll be able to get into the season 10 finale. And hopefully as well, Jess, uh, whatever episode's coming next week serves at least as like a finale of sorts. Like if there's a cliffhanger, I hope it's a cool one. Uh, I'm not going to be terribly mad at a cliffhanger, certainly because it's like that wasn't what the design was. But also if like it's a good cliffhanger and it like gets us really eager for the eventual finale, uh, I'll be pretty I'll be pretty hyped on that. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, it, it. I think I am optimistic about it because I think one of the typical MOs of The Walking Dead is to throw all the really great stuff into the penultimate episode and then let us have an extra episode at the end to kind of cope with it and maybe give a hint of what's going to happen in the next season. So right. if we have to wait a little while to cope with whatever's happening next week, that's really the best case scenario. Here's another thing, uh, and this is obviously we're just in speculation mode right now and kind of just like talking about like what are some of like the best case scenarios from news like this. Um, Let's say the Walking Dead season 10 finale gets pushed to the point where it's like almost like a bridge episode between seasons 10 and 11, almost like a season 11 prologue. And at the point that it's released, maybe they've got like Lauren Cohen on hand already to like have like a Maggie component to the finale. Like that could be fun. That could be cool if that's not already part of the plan. Certainly there's no Maggie in this episode. There's only two episodes left in the season, only one of which we know when we're going to see it. Um, so maybe there could be something like that that could uh, play in here that could make the transition between seasons even a little bit smoother. So we're practicing optimism here uh, on the podcast. It's this week. all I've got left. Well, <laughs> we're running running on short supply, but we still do have some uh, and we've got a full episode to talk about here. And certainly the plan for Jess and I was, uh, of course, we were going to talk about the Walking Dead season 10 finale. We were also going to be talking about the Walking Dead, the world beyond. We got to put a pin in that. Jess and I are talking about some alternate plans that we can possibly be undertaking for podcasting purposes. So if we have an announcement, you will hear it from us. Stay tuned. If not, we at least have today and uh, next week's podcast as well in the Walking Dead territory. Yep. There's a little bit of time left for us, no matter what. No matter what. All right. So look at the flowers. Uh, Take a look at this episode, Jess. Tell me what you see. Uh, You like it? Are you happy with what we're getting here in the uh, the post-alpha murder world? So much more alpha than I expected. Yeah, it was it was very alpha heavy. And some of the alpha I rather enjoyed and some of it really felt like we are retreading on territory we've already covered a lot of different times. And I was thinking, I was trying to think back and catalog every time we've had Carol be haunted by some specter of her past. I think it happens fairly frequently, but it's not just Carol that this has happened to. Like, I would say this is Carol's episode, like the one where Rick sat in the prison and got a phone call from Lori after Lori had already died. This was exactly the same thing to me. Yeah, I think I'd rather get the phone call from Lori than like being haunted by dead alpha. That's a lot. Yeah, dead alpha is mean. She's really mean. She's really mean. (laughs) It's like, don't you actually just want to die? And we can we can we can work on that. We can do that. You being alone, that's not really what you want. You really just don't want to live anymore. Uh, and and she's like, got stop like that's so mean. Stop being so mean to me. Yeah, she's like those teenagers that like text their text like the school nerd and tell them to kill themselves. Yeah, she's really bullying. Like, like we don't want to trot out the B word, but she's really bullying Carol pretty hard. Yeah, I, I will not stand for this aggression, Josh. Yeah. And also 
who knew there were so many gendered slurs that she could be throwing at Carol? It's like, I didn't know there were that many synonyms for female genitalia in the whole universe. Turns out there's a few, uh, at least. It's a lot. And uh, AMC getting away with some language in this episode. And it's all coming from Carol, unless like, you know, you're subscribing to the belief that Alpha is literally haunting Carol. Uh, otherwise, this is like Carol's like inner monologue just being like very... Very uh, hard on herself. And uh, where does all of this come from? And like, it does like make you evaluate where Carol comes from. And what she comes from is a very terrible, abusive marriage is a piece of it. Um, so it just does help you like kind of like get back to the place of like Carol's been through a lot, a lot of really, really horrible, hard stuff. If she's at this point right now in her journey where she like kind of just wants to give up, uh, you certainly hope and that she's not going to. And I think we expect at this point that a Carol death is very far in the future if it ever happens. Um, but I think like you can kind of like relate to where she's at right now that she's just like exhausted. A roof is going to fall on her and her rightful reaction is going to be like, fine, <laughs> like, just <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> yeah. I do. This is my life now. Yeah. Roofs fall on me and that's fine. Yeah. Although it's, it's interesting. I am surprised that we've never really explored Carol's character from the angle of having come from an abusive household, because I think if she was going to be haunted by a ghostly specter, like we were going to have a ghostly specter haunting Carol episode earlier in the series, it would have been really interesting to see Ed like following her around and calling her names. And it would have kind of hammered home where she's coming from. And it's just, she's been after, she's been undergone thing after thing. And this is not the first time she's tried to give up either. I mean, we've had so many episodes where Carol's just like, I can't be around you people anymore, either because she's too unhappy with herself or because she thinks she's a danger to everyone. And so she just pieces out and eventually she finds her way back. And I think we're seeing another one of those Carol piecing out episodes here. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like with everything that's going on with, with Carol in this episode, um, I, I really more than even last week wish that this had been the episode that followed the alpha death. Um, like I felt like almost a little bit less connected to what Carol was going mm -hmm. through because we had just gone through the Michonne thing. And obviously you can't time this thing out maybe, but I, I do wonder, and this is just like getting very conspiratorial about it. This is based on nothing, but like, let's talk through some, some hunches and some, some possibilities here. Is there a world, do you think just where the Michonne episode was actually being saved for later in the season? And because there's this post-production issue with the finale, that maybe it got like bumped sooner to maybe see if like they had time to resolve the finale. Cause thinking about it now, especially like watching how this episode plays the, the structure of it just is so strange that we had what we become the Michonne episode in between walk with us and look at the flowers. Cause this episode and the one where alpha dies feels so connected to me um, that it feels very strange to have an episode sandwiched between them. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think I heard anything about swapping the order and I've, looked I've at, read nothing about it. I've yeah. heard nothing about that. It's just like something that's coming to mind of like, no, it makes sense. Be? Yeah. If that had been what happened, but I think, I think that AMC really didn't have enough advanced warning for that. I think this is just bad judgment because honestly, I do think the Michonne episode plays better if we have these two episodes together and then the Michonne episode, or even, Without having seen what's happening next week, 
even sticking it on the end of that, whatever that is, I, I feel like it did feel like it was out of time with everything else. And this is such an aftermathy episode. Like this is entirely falling action resulting from Alpha's death. And we have had an entire extra week to react to Alpha's death. And we have to get back in that headspace. And it's a little there. bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the headspace in question is a burlap sack. <laughs> it's weird. Where are they getting all these head sacks, by the way? I feel I like know. this would be the most tradable good in the Walking Dead universe. It, like, go to the fair at the kingdom and sell head sacks. No, I think that there's uh, the supply and demand equation is uh, is skewed heavily in favor of supply. Just like it seems like everybody has uh, a burlap head sack on standby. Um, like, yeah, Beta is like going to just, uh, you know, walk into town with Alpha's head in a sack. Uh, where did he just get it from? Like, how does he just have a sack handy for like, do you just like that's something you do? Like, what if someone you're traveling with dies on the road and you want to like keep part of the companion do you just hack off their head and throw them in a head sack is that how it works now you mean maybe maybe it's a whisper thing like maybe everybody has to always be carrying a head sack it's kind of like just kind of like the plastic bag ban going into effect in new york next right. month <laughs> it's right. like everybody has to have those those reusable shopping bags on their person at all times right because they're not gonna be able to get a plastic bag anymore so right or then, like, like if you if you find if you come across a body and you want to bag the head now like uh like someone comes up is like all right well you need a, a burlap sack and uh you should have brought your own because now you have to buy this one You're like oh man i should have just i need yeah. to i need to remember to start bringing my burlap sack yeah, you got to start remembering. I think maybe in this, maybe the pre-zombie apocalypse world of this Walking Dead is a much more utopian, environmentally friendly society. So everybody was already attuned to the need to have that that reusable sack in their pocket at all times. It's true. Sight unseen, uh, I do think uh, that the Michonne episode could have just been the finale. You know, like that could mm-hmm. that could like that could just be like an epilogue. Uh, it just did feel a little disruptive. I'm glad we're back on track. I'm really excited about where we seem to be going here. Um, this felt like a bit of a chess pieces episode uh, where it's like, like you say, it's all falling action. It's all the aftermath of what happened at the hilltop. It's the aftermath of what happened with Alpha. We have to deal with like Carol's emotional fallout of like finally getting the revenge that she wanted. And is it enough? Was it enough? And one thing that I do appreciate about this episode is there really was for me, Jess, like no universe where I was thinking like that we were going to have like a real continued presence with Alpha. Um, like it didn't even really occur to me, even though it probably should have that, like the severed head of alpha was going to continue to have (laughs) at least a little bit of a role. Um, but then like the whole fact that like she's there as a ghost for Carol, uh, was a real sideswipe to me and I appreciated it. I I really liked the, the, the choice there. I I think it's, I think it's a cool way of, cause we spent a lot of time mostly in the comic book zone, but then occasionally, uh, it would leak out into the main conversation here on the podcast knowing that Alpha was going to die based on the fact that she dies uh, kind of prematurely in the comic and she dies at Negan's hand in the comic. Uh, We were like, is that how the show is going to do it? Or is that unsatisfying because of the vendetta with Carol? And the show manages to find a way to like to kill two birds with that same stone uh, that, you know, Carol in the cold open this week, we find out, yeah, she is the one who freed Negan. She, she busted him out of jail so that he could go on an assassination mission took way too long as he is reminded multiple times in this episode. Uh, I thought that time was a social construct and we were past that at this point, Jess, but maybe not in the world of the walking dead. 
That's just the universe we live in, Josh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess they've they've uh, patched that up in, in the Walking Dead world. Um, but they not only, you know, find a way for uh, Alpha's death to be, uh, you know, credited to Carol that like Negan was the sniper rifle that Carol used to kill Alpha. But they also managed to find a way to give Carol a measure of closure directly with Alpha by bringing Samantha Morton still into the show by giving her uh, scenes with with uh, Melissa McBride in this episode and the two of them being able to have these interactions, whether or not they were like super satisfying. It depends on your speed, but I really appreciate the attempt. Um, I think that that's a cool thing. Like, I think that that's some outside the box thinking in terms of the storytelling uh, that we've been really enjoying from modern day Walking Dead, where that's just not something I would have really guessed. But of course, that's a tool on the table. Why not just have something play out as some sort of like deeply cerebral um, resolution of your revenge plot, uh, especially when like the point of it is, you know, uh, revenge kind of is hollow. It does not stay. Like it doesn't really matter if that's the thing you're going for. When you get it, you're still going to be empty and you're still going to be sad. And that's where we leave Carol, who is kind of uh, being encouraged by Alpha to look at the proverbial flowers, which is, I guess, where we get the title from. Yeah, I and I think even if it is a device that Walking Dead has leaned heavily on before, it makes sense to deploy it here. Yeah, and for all the reasons you cite, and I think. It really gives us a deeper look into the Carol Alpha connection because the show has been playing that up so much. And it almost to the point where we thought, what if Negan ends up not being the one to get that awesome scene with Alpha? What if does it make more sense for it to be Carol? And the way they engineered it is we get the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. So I think it's good. I I, I didn't mind it. Uh, I love Samantha Morton. I think it's absolutely right for the show for Alpha to be dead at this point. Uh, and especially, Jess, with you and I having a little more track on on what Beta might get into next. Uh, I think necessary for, for this this level of the story that Alpha is gone. Um, but if they can find, a, you know, a clever way of, of reincorporating Samantha Morton. Um, like I, I'm, I, I, I loved Tyrese. I loved the governor. It was very strange that like the governor gets to be the guy that really haunts Tyrese on Tyrese's way out the door. So that's not like so connected to character in the way that this really connects uh, Alpha to Carol. Uh, so it, it, it worked a lot better for me in, in this way. Um, by the end of Carol's whole hallucinatory trip with Alpha, where do you think we're leaving her? Do we do we think we're leaving her at a place where like she doesn't want to die or is she still kind of like in that space? Where did you think that this uh, netted us out with Carol? Well, look, if Carol wanted to die, she'd just stay under all that rubble. Right. She got up. I think the fact that she's standing up like that, I think this also echoes something similar we saw happen to Alpha very recently. Like we saw Lydia effectively giving her her last rights and then she finds the resolve within her to stand back up. And we see the same thing happen to Carol. Carol is just about done for and then she finds something inside her that doesn't want that for herself. Right. And she gets up and she walks away. Now where she's headed next is anyone's guess. Right. I mean Alexandria. <laughs> Well, <laughs> literally kind of very few places to go. But is she going to do a side quest or is right. she going to is she just going to head straight back or is she going to have one another one of those like running away moments? 
Yeah, I, th- uh, I I think we could talk predictions because Carol is such a vastly different character from the comic book that like they are not one to ones. And the Carol of the comic book is mega dead at this point Ugh. in in the story. Like she is very, very long dead. And she uh, also sucks. She sucks and also is like dead uh, in a manner that is uh, not totally unsimilar to the way that the poor guy got his face chewed on in this yeah. episode. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so I think we could speculate on Carol without too much like comic book guided. So I feel comfortable doing that here. Um, do you think that her her story continues forward and gets resolved by way of her like making some like true peace and resolution with Lydia? Like, does that have to happen? Like, if she's not like outright adopting Lydia, like, does there have to be something of like a growing closeness between those two characters? I mean, that would be a logical place to go next, but I think it would be complicated with them still because, I mean, even though Lydia has very complex feelings about her mother, she's still not necessarily going to be inclined to be close to someone who was directly responsible for her mother's death. Yeah. Even though she knew Alpha had it coming. It's it's going to be hard, although I think the fact that they both miss Henry could bring them closer. It's it's hard to say. I think I think the path for Carol could go through Lydia. And that does make a lot of sense. And it's always been the Carol way to separate herself from the group and then come back in with some moment of heroism that re endears her to the group and brings her back into the fold. We've seen that happen over and over for her. That's kind of what Carol does. So I think something comes back in. I think she must have a moment, possibly next episode, where she actively saves somebody and if it's lydia that makes a lot of sense um all right so that's everything that's going on with with carol and alpha the alpha fallout is playing in a couple of different storylines beyond carol we could talk about the negan and daryl stuff or we can get into beta which one would you rather tackle first um i think we should get into beta next because the negan and daryl stuff is just too much fun i like to save the fun stuff for dessert well so let's be careful here because i don't think we want to go full moon we want to never go full moon you got to go half moon at most this is the opposite of going full measure (laughs) you know i think it's just a half half moon into into the beta story as we come to find out uh the beta was half moon can you believe it I mean, there's been a lot of hints around to this effect. And uh, Josh, is this canon at this point? Can we just go ahead and say this is him? I mean, I think it seems pretty clear that this is him. Uh, You know, like it seems pretty clear uh, that we've gotten, you know, in an episode recently, someone saw Beta's face is like, it's you. I can't believe it's you. And then Beta killed the person. Uh, Earlier in the season, we had the episode, uh, the second episode of the season, which is the big alpha flashback where she sees Beta's face and she has a reaction, right? So people have reacted to Beta. Uh, Beta does not really like music. He goes and he, he goes to this place with Alpha's head as, his, as his, uh, his lonely companion, although also with Face Bitten Guy as his companion for a little while. Face Bitten Guy really gets hosed in this episode. Yeah, it really... I feel like after, at the point at which you get your face bitten, you kind of should peace out. Like, yeah. you don't need to keep hanging around these people. 
Yeah. You already got a death sentence. Like, go find a sunny meadow with flowers and look at the flowers till you die. Like, you don't need to keep sticking up for Beta. Yeah, I think you're right. And, like, if you challenge Beta, then at least, like, he probably just, like, takes you out quicker. Yeah. What uh, are you going to do? Kill me, Beta? You know, so that's probably the way to go. Uh, but he sticks out with Beta for a while, and Beta goes into town, and he finds this place where there is the Half Moon record. And it sure looks like Ryan Hurst to me, the actor Ryan mm-hmm. Hurst who plays Beta. So are we going to say that Beta is Half Moon? I feel comfortable saying yes. I feel comfortable saying that Half Moon and Beta are the same dude. Okay, but Josh, is this is Half Moon the name of his band or is it the name of him? I don't because know. <laughs> is it the same thing like if you see a picture of Kurt Cobain, you're like, hey, it's Nirvana. Right, 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 right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess this is him and his actions in this area. Like, I have a couple of questions and I don't really know where I want to start here. I think I'll start with the actual setting that he is in. Because he's, like in a, he's in like a saloon that looked a lot like uh, the one that Herschel went to in season two and like got wasted at. And then Renee from True Blood was there and Rick shot him in the face like it looked like the exact same bar. It might well have been this, the very- exact same bar. They're still filming there. Yeah. And it also it reminded me of like the old timey old West town where John Dora used to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So maybe uh, Beta is going to stumble upon Morgan and uh, save him from imminent disaster. I mean, it could be it's th- there's going to be some crossover at some point, I'm sure. You but- never know. Here's the thing that I noticed about this area. It looks like someone has been living there fairly recently. Like the room he discovers is pretty well maintained and clean. It doesn't look like it's been abandoned for more than a couple of months. And it might even still have someone living in it because it's, you know, it's got clean sheets on the bed and there's like a, a glass of beer still on the table and, you know, posters of his favorite country music personalities all over the walls. It sure seems like this is a place where someone has very recently been staying. And I can't tell if this is someone who like maybe went out recently and died and became part of the herd, or if it's maybe the, the, the walker we see in the entryway with the ax through their head. It's hard to tell like what exactly the situation is, but it's, it's a very well-maintained space. What if it was like Dante's secret hangout? Like when he would he would like dip out of Alexandria and go here and like he's like one of the reasons why he signed on for the Whispers is like he recognized Half Moon. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> Beta's Half Moon. I'm <laughs> such a big fan. And so like this was like his little shrine to Half Moon and he was like working up the nerve to to have uh like a heart to heart with Beta at some point, like after he proved his worth in Alexandria. He's like, I can tell you don't really want to talk about being half moon. I love Half Moon, man. Maybe this was Dante's like this was Dante's peak. This was his this was his <laughs> secret palace. Well, where when does Dante have time to like sneak out? When did Dante have time to create a, a graveyard secret entrance? Uh, I'm Dante, saying time is, a, time is a social construct that doesn't exist in Walking Dead. It actually doesn't exist in Walking Dead. Clearly, he's able to just do whatever he wants. Is, is Dante some sort of time bender? Like, yeah. does he have does he have like a Harry Potter time turner so he can get all this stuff done and also have time to go chill in his little man cave with his Half Moon records? Oh my God! Don't. Don't, don't even like evoke the Buckbeak imagery because this was already a hard episode in that regard with Ezekiel. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, maybe it's possible. It's 
possible that that's what Dante was up to. I don't know, but obviously whoever lived here uh, was, uh, I, I think you're right, was was here recently, uh, was, was here pretty recently. And maybe it's just the dude with the axe in the head. Maybe it's somebody else. Uh, it would have been very fun to watch somebody like walk through the door and be like, oh my God. Uh, and like obviously would get killed because baby yeah. doesn't want to talk about it, but like what a way to go. Very surreal. Or, or what if they just walk in and they see this all like beta having a breakdown while blasting half moon and like smashing guitars and they just do that like gif of Grandpa Simpson like picking up his hat and putting it back <laughs> and on turn, and walking out. Turning right around. Uh yeah, that'd be incredible. Um I I greatly enjoyed the beta stuff this week. I thought that the idea of beta going around and listening to Samantha Morton's severed head in a bag tell him what to do was so delightfully effed up. Uh, like, it was just, like, so dark and kind of funny, but really, really dark, but also a little funny. And I was really thinking for a while there that some of what we were going to be getting into for the remainder of the season was, are we still... Ha- like? Do we still have Samantha Morton actively on the show? And is she going to be a severed head? And is she going to be a severed head that we're going to see like in ghost form talking to Beta? Is that the direction we're going in? Uh, and obviously, like, uh, I think that we can we can stick a fork in that sort of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Beta does because he, you know, strips off some of her flesh and helps fix his own mask. And I think that's the way he's going to be carrying the Alpha Torch forward. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed that that was like an element of the episode was like, uh, alas, poor Horatio or whoever it is. is it poor Yorick? Who's Yorick. the one? It's Yorick. Uh, poor Yorick. I knew him well. I obviously don't know the passage well. Uh, <laughs> and like, I, I thought that that was just a lovely, lovely, ridiculous thing. Um, yeah. Really, really it, fun. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense when sure, you scrutinize none. it none. Um, Very little. two things that jump out to me the first thing is he hates music so much that he's gonna go in and like smash a guitar just because he sees a guitar but then he's gonna carefully lovingly put one of his own records on the turntable that's weird <laughs> yeah. and then just like listen to it and like blast it for all zombie kind to hear it it's kind of like one or the other dude like why do you why are you so obsessed with listening to yourself i don't listen to my own podcasts just saying. Yeah. Uh, um, and the other thing that really jumps out at me um, is I thought the Whisperers had a whole process by which they strip the flesh off of recently dead people and cure that, cure it so that it isn't like rotting and smelly. It's just like a leather mask that you wear over your head. So Alpha's face is pretty ripe still. I, it seems to me that this is a stopgap measure at best. He's going to need to go and cure this face. Right, right. Uh, he kind of has like a little bit of a Phantom of the Opera thing going on. Yes. It's like the little patch of white. Uh, he looks like, like a half moon. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He's got he does. a half moon on his face. Yeah, it's like he's reconciling all of his different disparate elements of his personality maybe he's really like re-embracing his career as a musician and we are gonna get like a music episode and maybe that's the finale it's like a full-blown concert and he's bringing all the walkers to a concert stage and he is going to make peace with the alexandrians by performing for them uh and the reason why post-production isn't ready on the finale is because there was going to be a live component oh, to the concert sure uh, sure. That they were going to like broadcast it live from Hollywood Forever Cemetery. 
uh, like they did that one Talking Dead episode some years ago. Uh, and they are no longer able to do that. So it really kind of jammed up the finale plan. What do you think about yeah, that? I think you've cracked it, Josh. We I'm can't. sorry to bring the comic book spoilers into this part of the podcast with, you know, revealing the fact that this conflict gets resolved. With a giant, of- <laughs> like, it's like the the um, Walking Dead universe equivalent of Live Aid. <laughs> bye, bye, little alpha. <laughs> and, uh, do you think, do you think, like, Luke's going to get put out because he can't mm-hmm. open for him? Yeah, I think so. And I think, like, uh, Alden and, uh, and Beta are going to, like, that's how Alden's going to be able to get over the whisperer is like, you were half moon the entire time. I couldn't believe it. How can I stay mad at you? You're my favorite artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody would remember half moon a lot better if they haven't given all their records to Georgie. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Georgie shows up. He's like, you guys have no idea who you've been fighting. It's half moon. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, if I had known. And what if there are clues throughout his albums, like to how to defeat him? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. If, like, it's sort of like a Club Dread thing where like it's baked into all of um, uh, Coconut Pete's songs, the way that the, the, the killer is going to kill everybody who works at Club Dread. Uh, maybe that's how Half Moon has been operating this entire time. And if they had just listened to the album closer, like the Alexandria massacre from a couple of weeks ago, it never would have happened. Yeah. So this is, you know, all those years that people said that sitting around listening to records was not a productive use of your time. They're all going to be sorry in zombie apocalypse. That's all I'm saying. Very sorry. Very sorry indeed. Um, So anyway, Half Moon is there. He's got the Half Moon on his face. I think you're right. Uh, I was very uh, surprised, I guess not because of the plot armor, but when he like kicks the door open and starts walking out into the mosh pit of walkers that he didn't get eaten at all. Uh, He must smell horrible jess he must smell so bad that even the walkers like open the door and they're like oh no sir none Uh, for me i just ate i'm not hungry don't eat it (laughs) no i'm good uh these walkers uh i don't know they uh not very discerning if they couldn't tell that half moon uh was half moon yeah, I mean, he he smells pretty bad. I, I I have to I have to say I'm just glad that Walking Dead is not equipped with smell vision because it seems like there's a lot of stuff on this show that would smell really bad. Uh, and now you have me thinking like, is his name not Half Moon? Is that the name of the band? I it, his, I think like, it's my name's Dean, man. Stop calling me Half Moon. I don't think it's the name on his birth certificate, Josh. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I can't tell if it's one of these situations where. Like, or like, if you met Gene Simmons, would you call him Kiss? Right. Probably not. I don't think Probably so. not. Yeah. Um, I could try. I, I think anything he would correct you. Yeah, I don't think it would go well. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there he is. And I think, you know, uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, I, 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 I love Ryan Hurst. I love getting, uh, getting more of him. And I think that it was, it was cool to see, like, what's the fallout of, the lieutenant of the whisperers, literally the beta. How does he react in the aftermath of Alpha's death? Uh, I think uh, they they did a good job exploring that. Uh, and if that's really Ryan Hurst who was like rocking out and all that music, and I have no reason to expect it wasn't. That was fun. That was cool. I hope that they put out a full Half Moon album. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded pretty good. I don't know that it necessarily sounds to me like something that fills Madison Square Garden. Right. 
it's a little too rootsy. It's not really of this era. Um, it's sort of like it. It actually reminded me a lot of um, Bradley Cooper's character's music God. in A Star Is Born. Do you think that Beta is Jackson Maine in the Walking Dead universe? I don't want to spoil A Star Is Born, but no. <laughs> Right, I forgot. You're right. <laughs> right, true. Yeah, but you know, he probably if he is Jackson Maine, he doesn't smell very good either cuz no. he probably just peed his pants. Yeah, that's probably correct. That's probably right. All right, so that's the beta stuff. Uh let's talk about what's up with Negan and Daryl. Uh this is this is fun because we don't have a lot of Negan and Daryl content in the show, uh which is also why like the Negan and Carol stuff was fun. We don't have a lot of that either. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus are pretty tight in real life. Uh, so to see them like get some scenes together here, it's the first time in a really long time that we're really getting a lot of Negan and Daryl together, like since the easy street stuff, I feel like, and that stuff was horrible. Uh, so this is so much better. Uh, and clearly it doesn't end with like, uh, you know, Daryl suddenly becoming a big Negan fan, but Negan is like really funny where he's like, you know, I didn't expect all of this is going to make you like me. I thought my winning personality would do the trick. Like, uh, it's just like the, the little banter between the two of them. It's never going to be realistic if they try to make Negan and Daryl like outright bros with each other. That's just not going to be able to play after what Negan did to Glenn. If they ever really try to go down that road, that's a almost like fatal mistake for me, I would say. Um, but they can get to this place where Daryl can always like be like, you know, like dumping on Negan and Negan can take it and then like kind of like razz him back. Uh, I think that that might work. I think the dynamic we see in this episode, if that's the dynamic they they choose to proceed with, with Negan and Daryl, I think that I'm good for it. Yeah, well, Josh, we've had a lot of incidents where people really shouldn't still be able to live together after the terrible things they've inflicted on each other or had happen in front of them. And they manage to get by because of the dire circumstances they're in and going through something else together, kind of if it doesn't bond them necessarily, they have to stay allies by necessity. Right. And I think we see a lot of that happening this episode where it's like these are two very strong personalities that have so much history and no real desire to ever speak to each other again and yet they have to figure out a way out of this together and they know each other so well at this point that it is almost like esp that gets them out of what they're doing yeah uh yeah there's really no way out uh so they have to have each other and daryl's being a real jerk to negan not unfairly so negan has escaped recently he doesn't know the full story right like carol didn't mm -hmm. fill him in and by the way, that is some slapstick, too, because he's like, yeah, stuck her head on a pike. I'll take you to it. And then they get there. He's like, I left it right here, man. <laughs> yeah. The curious case of Alpha's head in this episode. Uh, the greatest disappearing act of The Walking Dead since Glenn hit under a dumpster. Um, <laughs> really, really, really just great. Uh, but Daryl doesn't like Daryl's not he's not having any of it. And then the tables get turned on Daryl when all these whisperers show because you're Negan. You killed Alpha you're the new alpha and Negan's like oh my god this is great uh and he could just kill daryl but he doesn't and like even like once they like kill all, all the whisperers that are there uh and like it's just negan and daryl again uh norman reedus has great a great line read when he's like untie me asshole <laughs> it's just, it was, I, I thought it was pretty funny i i did i did enjoy what was going on with negan and daryl this week yeah this was this was such an action movie scene yeah especially uh like 
the whole ruse of Negan having to be like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm in charge. I guess you guys got to do what I say now. So here's what I say. And it, it was really it, it was like the type of action comedy we get out of like a lethal weapon. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was like the diehard moment when, you know, John McClane has the gun taped to his back. You know, it's it like similar to that. Everyone's laughing. Everybody thinks the situation like the war has been won. Uh, but it turns out he's got he's got a, a one last trick up his sleeve that no yeah. one saw coming. Yeah, although it's interesting to me because I think we had all kind of assumed, and and again, I don't want to go too far down the comic book zone either, but I think my immediate assumption, like, if Alpha is dead, who is the new Alpha? I'm not assuming it's Negan. Right. I'm but assuming I, everybody's going to be mad at Negan. Yeah, but I think that, like, maybe the Whisperer culture is such that, like, they're like, wow, you killed Alpha. That took real cojones, man. Like, that's crazy. You stepped up. Like, you're definitely the guy now. Like, that's like the kind of thing that they seem to respect in Whisperer culture, which is like one of the many reasons why, like, the Whisperers need to be canceled. Uh, like, that's just a bad way. Of, like, that's a very bad value system. Yeah. You should be mad at him. You yeah. shouldn't be respecting him more. Like, he did not do you a solid here. No. He is really threatening your way of life and you should be angry. Correct. Correct. But they instead choose to be like relatively psyched uh, about being like, oh my God, you're Negan. You're, you're the guy. Oh my God, we're big fans of your work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, maybe Alpha was just making things unbearable. Like she's yeah. not a very fun person to hang out with. Maybe it's sort of like, oh, well, you're, you're the liberator. Yeah, it could have been like a situation where they were like, well, we really wanted to have names again, and we couldn't ever really suggest that to Alpha. And uh, kind of like to stop wearing the face on my face. It gets really hot and stuffy in there. It doesn't smell very good. It's itchy. But again, yeah, Alpha's not a fan of that suggestion. She killed the last person who suggested it. So turns out my face is allergic to other face. So like, I'd <laughs> like to take this off because I've got a really bad rash right now. Maybe yeah, but on the other hand, hard. who knows? Rash gets bad enough. You want to just leave the face on. That's true. That's true. That's true. It just becomes unsightly. Uh, yeah. And maybe they should they should have waited for Beta because he would have come back with cool masks. It's like we all get to wear a little piece of Alpha now. Like, oh, cool. Alpha badges. This is fun. Yeah. Like yeah, well, Alpha patches on your face. Like that would have been cool. Yeah. You just like pop it in there like a <laughs> like one of those little charms that goes in your Crocs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right i was thinking the exact same thing oh so gosh. I was thinking. uh should we go on the road with uh with uh mr eugene and yumiko and ezekiel uh yes i think we we have to because this was great josh and i this was a direct call out to me um in in my mind this was a direct call out to the novel of Stephen King's The Stand, but more than that, the ABC miniseries version of Stephen King's The Stand, because there is in that miniseries, which I'm shocked to discover that you have not seen. I don't I recommend it. Don't recommend it right now, but yeah, maybe yeah. later on. It's, it's, it's a blind, not spot, blind spot for me. I, I've read I've read about half of the book uh, and then I got to like the big chapter in the middle ish. That's like very, very long and meandering. And I got lost and started reading something else. Yeah, um, it is a long book. And also, this is my hot take on the novel. Uh, read the edited version and not the 1400 page extra version. OK, cool. Good call. It's been like almost a decade since I tried to read it. So it uh, could be about time to to get into it. Yeah. Again, not now. True, true, um, true, true, true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. 
But anyway, in the miniseries of The Stand, they have staged there's they walk through this small town in Kansas and it is uh, actually Rob Lowe plays this young uh this young man who's deaf and he walks through this small town by himself and there are all of these displays with mannequins in the windows and they're all like really cheerfully dressed up and then he comes to find this um this guy um he's sort of simple and his name is Tom Cullen and he has created this these scenes to kind of keep him company while he's alone and he's got about the mind of about an 8-year-old child and the two of them connect and they become best friends and they kind of go through the story together. And the first thing I saw when they walk into this unnamed city that I think you and I know what city it's kind of supposed to be, but I don't know, it might be a different city for the TV show. But when they start seeing these tableaus, that was the first thing that came to mind. I thought it was Rob Lowe. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's Rob Lowe in the miniseries. It's oh, tableaus in the, it. in the Walking Dead. Yeah, it was the first thing I thought was like, is Tom Cullen going to come around the corner? But of course, we know who was going to come. And we're no. very excited to see yeah. this new character. We are not allowed to say the name of this new character. Yes. We'll, we'll talk a bit in the comic book zone in a few minutes. Um, other than to say, pretty stoked, pretty, pretty psyched about who who we saw here. Um, yeah, let's leave it there <laughs> for now. Other than that person at the end is like, oh, my God, people. Great. Yeah. Great stuff is <laughs> in, yeah. in our near future. If the show does it right, if the show does it right, um, hard hard to know. But it see it, it played it played like it did in the comic, and it was really really great to see. Yeah, yeah, happy to see her. This is a fun character. Want to see more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ezekiel not doing so hot. Ezekiel had a rough episode this episode, like having to put his horse down, which is interesting to me. Here's a here's a question for you, Josh. This is like again, how does the zombie virus work? Because I don't, I don't know. I, I've become very, very concerned about the exact particulars of how viruses work these days for reasons. Um, reasons. Reasons, yes. I feel like if you are not a human and you get bitten by a zombie, that doesn't turn you into a zombie. Like, we don't see zombie animals out there. That's a We've thing never that, seen that. We've never seen that. Is it? Could it have just been, like, blood loss or something like that, though? Yeah, well, that was the thing I didn't understand was did Ezekiel's horse, like, does he somehow get some version of the zombie disease that kills him and doesn't bring him back? Right. I, I couldn't quite tell, like, or maybe he was just really, really badly bitten and he's like broken a leg or something. And in that case, you do need to put him down. But it sure seemed like it was it was very much following the pattern of how we see humans die of this, where they they're like walking around they're okay and they're okay and all of a sudden they show off the bite and then they fall over right so i have to think that maybe horses get the zombie virus they just don't become zombies zombie horse would be badass zombie horse would be pretty cool zombie horse would be dope um but i mean you could use that you could do like michonne is doing like just knock all its teeth out and keep using it for a pack animal, and you wouldn't even have to feed it. There's definitely things you could do with with Zombie Horse um, that I don't think we'll ever get to see on the show. Uh, but my 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 take was that, like, yeah, like it must have had like the disease, it must have gotten sick, but it wasn't going to turn into a zombie horse. But part of me wishes that they had uh, waited it out a little longer just to see. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there were experiments done with that, like. 10 years ago, but not lately. 
Ezekiel, though, is like having the coughing fit. Like he's obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty sick and he's on this trip. Um, He has a scene with Jerry before he goes that really serves as a goodbye. It's not looking great for Ezekiel's long term prospects. Yeah, I think I think that was a final farewell for Ezekiel to Jerry. And I think he does not make it back from this trip. I think he's like acting in that way, right? Like yeah. it, it feels like he is uh It's one last adventure. Yeah, it's the last hurrah. Uh so let's enjoy Ezekiel while we have him. Let's hope we're wrong. Uh you and I both said that he was pretty high on our draft board to to die in the the battle with the whisperers and he did not. So uh let's keep our fingers crossed, but like he does have like that one little like sidebar with some walkers and it uh ends Poorly for the horse in the long term. It almost ends very badly for Ezekiel himself. Yeah. I mean, we're glad he's okay for now because we got his really excellent reaction to everything that's going on in this new character's city. Yeah. I I liked that. It seemed like he was really really happy to be there. (laughs) He's very, very tickled. Um, Any non-spoiler comic book stuff you want to talk about before we get into the comic book zone? I think everything I would have to talk about in the comics is comic book zone worthy. Okay, so we'll we'll get into that next. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course. If you're going to dip out here, we're about to get into spoilers from the comic books. Uh, I think we'll sing the comic book zone again because that's just very fun to do. Uh, and, you have to uh, learn the words if we're going to do that. No, I'm pretty sure I got them. I think I got them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll follow your lead. I think we'll be okay here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. If you don't like the comic book spoiler stuff, cut out now. We'll be back next week talking about the tower, uh, the final episode of season ten for now, uh, though not the final episode of season ten overall. Uh, we'll be back discussing that episode. Uh, send your feedback in. PosterRecaps.com slash feedback is our feedback form. TWD at PosterRecaps.com. You can always tweet at us. Uh, that is also a very effective way of getting your feedback our way at Haymaker Hattie. That's how you find Jess. I am at Round Howard. With all of that said, a comic book see i got it <laughs> yeah that was perfect word for word josh word for word right word for word. i mean we got to change the words anyway because we don't have rick or michelle oh, that's anymore. why we're singing it now so we yeah. can we can we can change it on the fly hey jessica lee's princess 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 oh my god okay so that's the name of the character that's princess yes. uh the princess of pittsburgh is she the princess of pittsburgh on the show probably not no it doesn't seem like they're going through pittsburgh doesn't seem like they're going through pittsburgh i don't know what city uh we're seeing in this episode but uh if we're assuming that like alexandria and the hilltop and everything is like closish to the dc area and they are meeting um stephanie in charleston west virginia uh pittsburgh is not exactly on the way mm-hmm. Um, so like if, you know, if they were like meeting somewhere that was more on like that small sliver of West Virginia in between Pennsylvania and Ohio, maybe it could have worked out, but Charleston is not really close to Pennsylvania. So I don't think that they're going to Pittsburgh. Uh, so what is she the princess of whatever the city is? Yeah. The princess of Richmond just doesn't have quite the the same ring to it though. No, it's not really like, I, I feel like you'd want something that's a little more alliterative. Yeah. There's a, a town called Philippi in West Virginia, the Princess of Philippi. It's not really a no. I'm pulling up Google Maps. I got. Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking at it too. 
trying to think is there is there a decent there's a uh, there's a a Parkersburg West Virginia but that's pretty far away from probably doesn't have any skyscrapers though no but it is a cool bridge i'm looking at pictures of parkersburg sweet bridge oh Uh, well add it to your list of places to travel later on uh, there's pensboro pensboro this seems like a small Mm. town don't think it's pensboro yeah i mean yeah there's really if they're on like if they're taking like 81 to 64 here, they're uh-huh. not running into much. <laughs> Look at us like pulling over, uh, pulling the podcast to the side of the road and studying our maps. Where are we? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say she probably they're probably taking a roundabout way here and they're in either Richmond or Charlottesville. OK, OK. And again, Final of, answer. Course, of course, uh, Jess and I record these a little early. So if there is uh, if there's like a, a talking dead segment on this or if there's anything on the website or if anybody knows the answer, please let us know. Uh, and we will uh, correct the record next week, although presumably we'll get the answer next week as we spend more time with Princess. Yay! Oh, my God. How fun. How fun to see Princess. And they're like really going for it pretty clearly. Like she's just very flamboyant and ridiculous and fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think this show needs a little bit more of this flavor of ridiculous because it has many flavors of ridiculous, but not all of them taste this good. My hope is that Ezekiel is, you know, they're, they're all going to link up and Eugene and Princess and Ezekiel and Yumiko are going to hook up with Commonwealth and Ezekiel is going to get to the Commonwealth and they're going to be able to have good doctors check in on him and get him on the road to recovery. And we're going to have Ezekiel with us for a while longer. Uh, and uh, because the fact that we have this possibility for Ezekiel and Princess being in scenes together I'm going to be really mad if we don't milk that because that's a very fun character combination that obviously we don't have in the comics. And this is something that the show has a lot of room to play with. And I think with the fact that we're getting close to the Commonwealth, I think that they can reasonably come up with a way to keep Ezekiel alive for a long time. Um, I hope that we're being a little fatalistic about Ezekiel as much ado about nothing, especially with like Michonne's gone now. We're we're running low on super recognizable characters. Uh, Carrie Payton is great in this role. Uh, why not just keep Ezekiel around? And maybe he could have like a long lost kid who is at the Commonwealth. Like maybe he can occupy like the Michonne role to a certain extent here. Mm. Um, I think that there's fun stuff still to do with Ezekiel. I hope that they're not going to kill him off. Um, but I just I, love that he's with Princess right now. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. Um, they are two people, I think, who get each other. Like, I think they both have that same flair for the theatrical. And I think maybe Ezekiel has had to abandon that to some extent. And so to meet someone who's fully embracing it, he might come back to himself a little bit more. Hope so. That'd be great. That'd yeah, be really, I, really fun. I would love it. So very excited to see where they head next. And I'm guessing that she will join their motley crew and continue on toward what we assume is the commonwealth right i mean maybe they'll change the name maybe they'll they'll shake up exactly what it is because we are uh, you know we're off the path right like mm-hmm. commonwealth is cincinnati in the we, comic it's somewhere in ohio i don't know i think i think it's cincinnati um so like i mean they are on the path towards cincinnati right now uh so it would it would be all right like i mean is it cincinnati is it cleveland where is the commonwealth in the comics like all of the cities in ohio start with c and it's not fair uh yeah i mean geography not really my strong suit get it together ohio yeah (laughs) i don't want to go ohio shaming here 
I, I, I'm not allowed to make fun of flyover states anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a coastal elite, uh, although I don't know if I can help it. Uh, I am one. Um, yeah. But it, it is Ohio somewhere. I just don't remember uh, what city. Um, so, I mean, it's it, it's very likely that that's still where they're going because like they are uh, like halfway to Ohio at that point uh, that they're getting to, to Charleston. So it's like a halfway point between the Commonwealth and the Alexandrians and everything like that. Um, I hope that we get there next week. That like that would be like a fun cliffhangery place to end things on to have people being like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And then that way, like the finale is more of a Commonwealth episode. But we still have a lot of business to resolve if we're going to resolve the Whisperer War in two episodes. You know, presumably, obviously, like Beta has like this huge entourage. Like all the Half Moon fans in the world are with him right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, groupies. And it, you know, yeah, him and his him and his his groupies, uh, the Deadheads. Uh, are gonna are gonna march on presumably Alexandria if they're taking a cue from the comic. He's just gonna unleash at this point, um, and things are gonna be crazy. And if they're gonna take the cue from the comic, then somebody is going to uh, get you know bitten and sacrifice themselves as part of like the 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 attempt to save everybody in Alexandria. Um, so with two and episodes left, does that happen next week? Is that finale territory? Well, Josh, the title of next week's episode is the Tower. Mm-hmm. And right at this point in the comics is when we get Father Gabriel's horrifying death from the top of the tower, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. So do we think that the writing is on the wall for Father Gabriel next week? Or do we think maybe this death goes to somebody else? And if so, who? You know, I I want it to go to Father Gabriel. Um, and I really like Seth Gilliam. Uh, I've come to really enjoy the presence of Father Gabriel on the show. I think that he brings a good spice to the show. But I think that there could be like a pretty hardcore story to tell about like somebody who has really lost their way and like the fate that they buy as a result of that. Uh, and if Beta gets his way with Father Gabriel on the show the way they did in the comic. It could be a really, really hardcore, horrifying scene, especially if that's like the cliffhanger. Sorry, because like he's like hanging mm-hmm. upside down when when it goes down in the yeah. comic. Um, but like, can you imagine that being like the last note we have on Walking Dead until we get this finale whenever we get it, it would be very intense. Uh, I hadn't even put that together at the tower. Um I think it's very likely that somebody eats it this way and it could be Father Gabriel. I don't know who's it could a better- be the zombies that eat it and it is Father Gabriel. I don't know who's a better pick. I don't know who's a better pick. And like, you know, to like we're backpedaling maybe a little bit on the idea of like, oh, well, you know, we we're running low on like characters who are familiar and we don't want to lose a familiar character. But at the same point, it's a really great Father Gabriel death. And I think for it to go to Father Gabriel here, I just don't know who it could go to where it would be much better. I guess like in the comic, Father Gabriel, even though like he has like toughened up to a certain degree he i don't think he's like quite toughened up to the same extent that he is here on the show so is there someone who is like maybe like it's a it's a little more like tragic and like helpless and like a little more like defenseless like could it be luke something like that is Mm -hmm. that a character that this could happen to well Um, his ticket's about to get punched at some point i would guess he's he's living on borrowed time as well so we thought so but he's been hanging in there for a long time so um, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, I think that's a good call that someone will get that iconic death next week. Yeah. And I also I really don't want to see Beta go out until Negan breaks Lucille over him. Yeah, I agree. I would like that as well. I would I, I would like it if Beta survives the season and has that one off in season 11. 
uh, I still think that that's the right way to go where you just have like, uh, uh, you know, beta like loses the war, goes away, shows back up at the worst possible so time. So he, he governors. Yeah. Yeah. But like doesn't he doesn't wreak as much havoc and damage as the governor did. It's, it's an encore, right? He gets to come back out for one last. Oh, time. I see. One last. Yeah. One yeah. last number. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. I suspect that beta is still alive at the end of the next episode. And they have made at least one really big attempt to kill him and failed. And the big battle will probably be in the real finale that we're not going to see for a few months. Um, okay. Uh, anything else from this one or you, you feel like we we've got it good and covered. I mean, those are the two big points that I, I wanted so to call up, but I am really excited to get to know princess a little bit better. Oh my God. And really, really excited to see what, if we get this tower scene, it's going to be pretty big and gross and awful. So I'm looking forward to awful things now. That's what my life is. All right. Well, awful things coming your way next week with the tower, the final walking dead podcast we will have for you for the next little while. Uh, so we'll see where things net out there. And as we said, Jess and I are talking about some other stuff that maybe we can do. So keep an ear out for that. We'll update you next week. If we've got something, if we don't have something, we won't update you. Uh, so one of those two things will happen. Uh, <laughs> that's what you can look out. It's, uh, it's Schrodinger's <laughs> podcast news yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know Jess that you also just wrapped up another podcast. You and Mike Bloom just wrapped your run on Star Trek Picard. How did that end up? Was that good? No spoilers, but was it, was it up to your standards? I know very high standards with the Picard for you. I mean, Picard is great. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, right now, you can watch the whole thing for free because CBS is benevolent. Um, and I highly recommend that you check it out and check out our podcast because we had a lot of fun with it. And I thought the finale did a great job of tying up the loose ends. We had some, we had some quibbles, but overall, it was just such a fun first season. I think the best first season of any Star Trek series ever. So, definitely give that a shot. If you have any affinity or curiosity for Star Trek at all, you don't have to have seen Star Trek before and it might be actually be a great jumping off point for you. All right, cool. So check out Picard and check out the Picard podcasts that Jess and Mike did. Mike Bloom and I, of course, are still pushing forward on Lost Down the Hatch. We just released the What Kate Did episode and I believe we are looking at the 23rd Psalm, the Mr. Echo episode is, is coming up next on the podcast. So that's going to be a really fun time. We've got Westworld. The Westworld podcast is available for your ears as you are listening to this. I believe that that is the case. And if not, it will be very, very soon. Uh, Better Call Saul, Antonio Mazzaro and I are talking about that show as well. Rick Devins of Survivor Edge of Extinction fame joined me for a special podcast about the movie The Hunt. Uh, because we are not divided enough at this moment in our history. Jeez, so let's yikes. talk about a movie that is very deeply ingrained in that. We had a very good time talking about the movie, uh, and I think a really fun podcast, actually. And uh, we, we very well uh, may do some more movie podcasts, so keep an ear out for that. Uh, so lots going on on post-show recaps. Uh, Jess, you working on anything else outside of this place? Anything you want to pump up? Um, I got an article about the Picard finale at primetimer.com. Although if you haven't seen the Picard finale, don't read it yet. It's no huh? spoilers. Yeah. I got in trouble for sharing it on social media. And my husband, who had not seen the episode yet, read the article and got mad at me. So, oh, well, that's rookie. That's a rookie mistake on his part. He, I mean, he's not part of this world, so he yeah, doesn't understand. But he's got the easy access to see that you post that article. He goes, Jess, can I can I read this or should I wait until after I see the thing? You would tell him. I would tell him if he'd asked, but I also didn't tell him I'd watch the episode without him. So I guess we have that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> all right so that's why he was mad yeah that's like, how, that's why how dare you how dare you do it um all right well we've got plenty of stuff going on here on post show recaps also wiggle room on uh rob has a podcast uh the top chef podcast on rob has a podcast uh, we had a really fun one that we recorded this weekend uh so hope you give it a listen we'll be back next week talking about the tower and hopefully the grisly things that the tower contains uh until then everybody take care Goodbye. <laughs>